And we are back. We're back, folks, with another great episode today. The Triple Three, episode 33. Just keep on racking them up, don't we, Barzy? And uh, we got a good one for you today. We're going back a little bit to uh, Barzy's bread and butter. So for those (laughs) of you that have been following him for a while now, he used to run a little sports podcast. uh, Set the Bar Sports, the Upper Deck Hecklers. It's It's a great little... Great little uh, thing you had going there, Barzy. But we're going to today dive a little bit back into that sector, and I'll let him explain a little more. This podcast available on all the regular platforms, and of course, sponsored by Celsius Drink. Barzy. There it is. There it is. Um, yeah. So we're kind of going back uh, to where I started getting into this. So I went to college for you know sports broadcasting, journalism, all that stuff. So I started up a little blog. Back my junior year, wrote a good amount of sports articles, did a little sports podcast, and now we're going to do a sports hot takes episode because we've had a lot of different episodes of varying topics and whatnot, but we haven't really done a sports episode in a while. We have done a few, but we haven't done one in a good good amount of time, so we're back today. We're back today. Yeah, yeah, we're back, and, and it's funny you mentioned that because a lot of people don't know this, so... If you've been a listener from the beginning of this podcast, we released a little, uh, I guess you could call it a hype video for the podcast. It was a little precursor to to what you were going to see. And in it, we sort of uh, dabbled into our pre-existing rivalry before this. And it's, it's funny, before we started these podcasts, I actually was writing my own blogs as well in, in politics. Barzi was doing it in sports, so there was a little joke going on there. And I always wanted to start a podcast, and and Barzy actually beat me to that punch. So we've always had this little competitive uh, podcasting slash blogging thing going on. Yeah. And lo and behold, look where we're at now. We're sitting Worlds here. Worlds colliding. Talking, talking back and forth at each other. What a day, man. What cheers a day. Cheers to that. Cheers to that. I don't have a drink, but cheers to that still. And you're right, man. It's a great day to have a day. It's a great day to have a great episode. So let's do it. Let's it kick is. it off. Sports hot takes. We're gonna each. We're gonna try to do three or four today. Get some discussion going. Um, tempers may flare. Who knows? No one can know. So Ethan, you want to kick us off today? I'll kick us off. Yeah, and and so we're on the same page. Barzi and I are kind of gonna be going through what we would call. I guess the three big dog sports, probably the most watched in the U.S., the MLB, NFL, NBA. And then we're going to throw a little wild card in at the end for you. And stay tuned because I have a little bold prediction myself as to some of the takes Barzy might have. I have it already written down here. So at the end of the episode, (laughs) I am almost willing to bet $100 that what I have written on this phone in my notes will be said at some point. So, and I just want to get so ahead too. of the eight ball. I want to get ahead of the eight ball and say that specifically when I was thinking of my takes, I was thinking Easton will not guess this. So it will be double. Oh. It will be double impressive if you can get yeah. it right, even after I was trying to avoid it. So we'll see. Right. Kick us off. So if you're all right with it, I say we are going to start at the NBA and this is because yeah. of the sports going on right now. They're about to head into the postseason. Yeah. Um, they're wrapping up their regular season right now. So what a better time to talk 
than right now. And I am coming in with the first hot take of the day. Ding the draft little tune behind me. So, and like I said before, hot take. These are hot takes, people. We're not predicting what everyone already knows is going to happen. I'm not going to tell you the Suns are going to make the playoffs or that the Nets are probably going to win it all. I'm not going to say that stuff, all right? My hot take in the NBA is that in the playoffs, LeBron James and his Lakers will lose in the play-in game. Wow. They are I don't hate that take. They are currently in the seven position. So for yeah. those of you unaware, the seven, eight, nine, and ten seeds in the NBA in both conferences have to play a play-in game in order to get into uh, – they're technically in the playoffs, but the next round of the playoffs, and it's just one game as opposed to a series. And this is something new they kind of started last year with COVID um, just to get accurate representation of who should be in the playoffs and, and playing for, you know, semis and then the finals. So right now the Lakers are in that seventh spot, and I really don't see them getting out of it. They're not playing great basketball right now. Um, they have dropped to this seventh spot, it seems like, overnight because they were just at the top of the pack. And, you know, they've dealt with some injuries between LeBron and AD. And fully healthy, this team probably makes another finals run, 100%. But the fact that they're now in a position of playing this one game, right? This one game. And they have not been on the same page for a while. LeBron and AD have both been on and off hurt. I think when they try to put it all together rushed at once and just expect the same results they were getting last year, a lot of teams run into trouble that way. So that's my hot take for you, Barzy. What do you got on that? I don't hate that take at all. I, I do not. And I actually, I'm not 100% on this. So I want to, maybe we could look this up really quick. Is it a play-in game or a two of three play-in series? That is an excellent question. I was under the impression that it was a play-in game. Now, I, I, it could be either. It could truly be either. I feel like I've heard both, though. Um, yeah, it is one game. You're right. It is one game. One game. And like I said, I do not hate that take at all because they are beat up by injuries. LeBron has been in and out of the lineup. AD has obviously also been in and out of the lineup. And outside of AD and LeBron, that team doesn't have leadership. They, it's just, it's a lot of young players, a lot of players who are older, who like kind of just average to maybe a little bit above average players. They're not a a deep playoff run team without the two without AD and LeBron there. I don't hate that take at all. I think that's a good hot take. Hey. And look, you're off to a hot start. You're off to a hot start. Can't well, and and let me throw this out here quick because yeah. I've been known in the past to throw out some LeBron slander and be a bit of a LeBron hater. I'm oh. admittedly Team MJ, so this probably looks bad on the surface, but this is not anything against LeBron or AD. I just think the situation itself is kind of set up to possibly be a bit of a disaster. So that's why I'm saying they're going to put out. I'm not saying they get put out because LeBron James is washed up or that him and AD don't make an incredible power duo. That's not what I'm saying. It's just the situation is is very weird, and I think it might just happen. I think it might just happen. And 
let me preface this by saying we're not going to go any further into the LeBron MJ after I make this statement because I'm not I'm not going to try to escalate it at all. But I still on my Twitter from like five years ago have a long debate that we had in the DMs over LeBron and MJ. And this is a debate that I know you've been an avid MJ guy, and I'm I'm an avid MJ guy too. But I still like to um, to argue the LeBron side of things too. Just wanted to say that. So this goes back a little while. Easton is not the, just saying he, now. You like to ruffle some feathers. I, yeah, yeah, we get it. Yeah. <laughs> there you. Go. That's a good way of putting it. Okay, so good take to start it for the NBA. I kind of have a. I'd say my NBA. Is the coldest of my hot takes here. It's a little bit more tame. If I had to have a truly, truly hot take, it would be similar to the vein that you went, where I think the Nets will get eliminated in the first round. I think there's a true potential of the Nets getting eliminated. Um, just because I think there's so much ego on that team. There's so much talent. There is. And James Harden's basically keeping that team afloat, considering KD and Kyrie don't play. But I think the Nets have potential for absolutely upset in the first round so that would be my hot take similar to what you said the take that i have written down is and like i said this is probably a little bit more reasonable and because people have said it but there's been a lot of argument about it i think the nba is doomed if they don't find a way to add parity in the league because essentially right now there's only going into every season two or three teams usually there's one or two but there's a third one that you could say oh they have a chance an outside chance of winning and I looked at, like, we look at the last 20 finals champions. Four, like, every single one has a Hall of Famer, bonafide superstar on that team. It is a superstar league. LeBron four times, Kawhi a couple times, Steph, KD, Tim Duncan, Dirk, Kobe four times, Dwayne Wade, uh, the Celtics big three. Um, yeah. The only team in the last 20, like, 25 years without a bonafide Hall of Fame superstar leader was the Pistons in 04. Uh, and still, they had a very, very solid team. But you don't win in this league unless you have the, the best talent and you're one or two of the best talent in the league. And that's the issue right now because you can't just form a, a good team. And I look at the Bulls. They're led by Zach Levine and Nikola Vucevic, whatever, whatever you say the name. Vucevic, there it is. Um, two all-stars, two top arguably top 25 players in the league yet no one's going to take them seriously because they're not they're not the elite elite they're not yeah. the superstars they're just stars and i think the nba has to find a way and i'm honestly the play-in is a decent way of doing that you can get some upsets more teams have a chance um, but i think they have to find a way because it is a league right now where superstars you know they come together they coagulate on one team and that's happening to a couple teams, and it's just <clears throat> it's causing it's making it too predictable. So yeah, that's my I, NBA team. So my thoughts on that, I would say this year is going to, however it plays out in in the rest of the playoffs, may answer some of your questions because yes, I would a hundred percent agree. Especially you know you take last year and then moving back twenty years. That's pretty much the case. You you kind of have a good idea of who's going to be in the finals, um, at least who the front runners are. This year, however, I could see if either of our hot takes, yours with the Nets, mine with the Lakers, if yeah. either of those come to fruition, 
we're going to see a team that yeah. people didn't expect make the finals. And this may be the best year for that because if you look in the Western Conference, you have the top two teams being the Utah Jazz, who have succeeded this year solely on the fact that they're running the most efficient offense statistically of all time. Um, and they don't, I mean, they have Donovan Mitchell, they have Rudy Gobert to protect the rim, but they're kind of in that same boat, but I wouldn't consider either of those guys necessarily the elite of the elite, you know? Yeah. And then the Suns right behind them with Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton in the two seed. So right now, those two teams have the two best regular seasons in the Western Conference. If they can continue that into the playoffs, you could see a team like that make the finals. Yeah. Now, I, I think that if that happens, that's the best chance we have at getting away from um, this you know, lack of parity. Like you said, I mean, it was a point five years ago where everyone knew the finals were going to be the Cavs and the Warriors. And the <laughs> yeah. only chance that it wasn't going to be that is if the, somehow the Thunder beat the Warriors beforehand. Uh -huh. And then KD joined the Warriors, so then it was just not even a question. So, <laughs> yeah. yes, that's yeah. a huge problem. But I think this year might be the best chance at at that divide starting to happen a little bit where, you know, the talent disperses. I've also noticed, you know, we're getting to that time where in, in each league you notice when some younger talent comes in and they're going to take over. I think we're getting to that point with the NBA where finally these younger guys are are coming in and they're playing at an elite level already where so you had some years there where the veteran guys just dominated the league the younger guys would come in they would take a couple years some of them would pan out some of them wouldn't but now you've got guys like you know zion and ja morant and they come in and they're impact players right away even Lamelo this year so it, this hopefully this year may mark the start of uh getting away from what you were speaking on there but there's also a chance that the lakers make a run the nets do what they're nets supposed to and we get exactly yeah. what we're expected so yeah we but i like that i like that see. take that was a good good start there good couple yeah. nba takes they're good nba discussion uh look at us we're off to a hot start didn't expect anything less i say okay i'll, I'll start out with the next one because you start out with the yeah. nba we'll, we'll move over to baseball our bread and butter Sure. So this one, okay, this one isn't, it's kind of a league-wide thing that I predict will be the case, and this could be an interesting dynamic between us two, considering pitcher, offensive player, but by 2025, I think the MLB will have either lowered the mound or moved it back. I don't know by how much, but I think they will eventually buy in and make that huge, game-altering change. This is... This would be a game-altering change. They did it back in the 60s when um, the pitching was just getting too dominant, and the trends are very similar now to how they were then. I think they're going to make the shift because they already are starting to do it in lower, low levels of the minor leagues, and that would be something that changes the game in a lot of ways, a lot yeah. of ways. That's interesting, and, and it's definitely something that I'm sure has been brought up um, especially, you know, I was just talking with someone on our team the other day about how good the pitching in the pros has actually gotten. I mean, mm -hmm. it's just, it's become normal now for everyone in your bullpen to be throwing 96 plus with a ton of movement one way or the other, yeah. which is insane to think about. 
Um, especially when you go, you know, just 10 years back, you think about like Verlander on the Tigers in those playoff games when he's throwing 94 and there's flames popping up on the screen because everyone yeah. thinks it's, it's yeah. heat. You know? So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could definitely see that. One thing I will contest there is, you know, how much of this is due to the, the analytics era and, you know, hitting coaches and softwares telling batters to elevate balls and basically try to park everything they can for certain hitters. Um, you know, strikeouts going up because of that, I'm sure of. Now, it's also because of pitchers getting way better. Yes, no doubt. Um, I forget who it was. It's, mm, this is going to make me mad, but I saw a big leaguer, very well known. It might have actually been uh, Castellanos on Twitter the other day saying how, you know, you can predict all these things and these statistics and try to perfect your launch angle, know exactly what the pitcher is going to throw and what count. But until you're in that box, it, that stuff, or once you get in that box, sorry, that stuff should just kind of go out the window. You know, you mm -hmm. can prepare for it and know for it. But he said he sees a lot of guys now that get in, to the batter's box thinking about all those things and they fail because they're thinking so analytically rather than, you know, just naturally. So yeah, but I could definitely see him doing that. Um, what happens first, they move the mound back or hitting starts to change how they approach yeah, or mm -hmm. hitters start to change how they approach the game. One of those two things is probably have to happen in the next five years. Now, which one that is, I don't know, but that would be that'd be pretty wild if they did move the mound back or lower. Yeah. You could argue that the the home run do or die approach to hitting has evolved because the pitching is so good. Because sure. they think, okay, yeah. we the pitching is so good that we're not going to be able to string together two, three, four hits. So we might as well sell out um, and try to maybe hit one get one big bomb. But that or. And you you said how it's getting so good in the pros. It's not even just the pros. We're looking at, um, no. I'm sure for your season this year, for our season past three years, you you can find a hundred on small D1 teams um, in Southern Alabama or whatever. You can find every bullpen. It's it's got guys throwing 94, 95, 96. It's basically a shock at this point if you're seeing like a bullpen guy throwing under. 89 90 it's just the pitching is getting so good at all levels and it's just the trend is continuing to go up so yeah, it's very interesting well to see. and then i mean hitters are evolving with that too so yeah it, to, to your point when you do get those guys that say are you know throwing in the 80s upper 80s somewhere and maybe they don't have something weird about their arm slot or they don't have a bunch of good secondary pitches yeah, it's kind of a doomsday for them because now all yeah. these hitters are geared up to see low to mid nineties day in day <laughs> yeah. out. That's just how it is. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that's that's interesting. I a quick question for you on that: Do you think yeah. they would move the mound back or lower it if if it came to that? They made the decision. Okay, we've got to nerf the pitching somehow. Mm -hmm. What what better does that? Because personally. I think it throws all pitchers off by lowering the mound. So I would almost rather have it moved back and pitch off of the same slope. But yeah. I, I don't know. I think I would have huge implications. I think 
I think moving it back would be much more of a change. But like you said, lowering it would also be a huge change. But from a visibility, just seeing the aesthetic of a mound being what being let's say 65 feet away now instead of 60 foot six inches um just that just that visual aesthetic right there could be a huge change like that's a hot take who knows if that'll actually happen it probably won't but that could it's been discussed and i think the big leagues are going to see a lot of changes in the next five ten years to either keep up with the times or alter the game to make it more um more fair whatever it may be so there's yeah. no baseball take which you're i mean you're already seeing a lot of that at the minor league levels too so a yeah. lot of times that is to prepare you know to see what rule changes are working in order to implement them at the big league level so yeah. no, there there'll definitely be some changes i think all right so my hot take okay this is this is another uh another team based one here okay so I was looking through the teams this year, looking at the current standings, how teams are playing. I think that this year, the Moneyball team comes back, and the Oakland A's are going to make a World Series. Now, here's why. Here's <laughs> yeah, why. Let's hear, let's hear why. Let's so, hear why. Currently, they're atop the West, which is okay. a very good, very good division. You've got the, the Astros, who are going to be good, they're fully healthy again. The Mariners, who have been kind of sneaky good this year, they're hovering right around 500, which a lot of teams thought they wouldn't. Yeah. And you've got the Angels in last place. Granted, they're only four games under 500, but that's an extremely talented team. They're pitching struggles in some areas, but you could legitimately say that's a playoff team, right? Yeah. So they're atop that division right now. And when I look across the other divisions, I think this is just the perfect storm of a year to where there is not one or two very dominant teams in the AL to prevent that from happening. And I think the A's are just a well-rounded team. They play the game well. They're deep in their arms, um, and they just do their job on offense. They get across however many runs they need so that their pitching can hold it over and win the game. And I think come playoff time, that stuff is huge. And when you don't have a team that has all the firepower, this could be the year. This could be the year the Moneyball team makes their way back to the World Series. I'm not saying they're going to win it, but I think they're going to make it there. Um, you know, Boston atop the East, I don't think they're making a huge run. New York, if they get hot, is dangerous. Um, and I can see that happening. But this is a hot take, so uh, I'm giving you my hot take. You I didn't think. even you didn't even say the best team in the American League. Okay. You didn't even stop. say the just, White Sox. Just, just stop for a sec. <laughs> just stop for a sec. The White Sox, and this is per all of my White Sox fan sources, they are not ready to make a World Series run yet. And th- listen, this is from their mouths, not mine. Their mouths. They are absolutely I'm gonna ready. Hold, I'm going to hold them to that. And say that they're not ready because I said. Was that Courier? Is that Courier saying that? It's all of them. Courier, Bates, uh, all of them. They, and listen, I'm not saying they're they're going against the White Sox making the World Series, but I made a comment saying if they're going to get it done, they need to make it happen soon because otherwise you get some trades start to happen, and before you know it, the team's not what it is. So when you, my philosophy has always been, when you have a good team, you should go for it. Now, 
they have a good team. But I don't think they're there yet, and they don't have the experience in the playoffs that they're going to need. Not That's to mention, fair. you know, it's the Central's not a rollover division this year, as it has been in some of the years past when, of course, the, the Cleveland Baseball Club just ran it, dominated, uh, you know, stomped on the White Sox year after year. Not, um, anymore. not anymore, baby. Hey, they're, they're one game back. One game back. But listen. They've all spent no hit twice. Yeah, so what? <laughs> They've, hey, 2-0 and after no hitters. They can get no okay. hit all they want. Okay. But listen, they're a good team. The Royals have actually showed out pretty well this year. Some of their young talent is starting to develop. The, the Twins yeah. are a mess right now, but they were supposed to be good. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah, That's a tough division to get through. Hey, like I said before, it's a hot take, but I think it is the perfect storm for the Moneyball team to make their way back to the World Series. I don't hate that take. I don't know. So I, I haven't hated either of your takes, but I will close with, the Sox currently have the best record in the big leagues and the best run differential in the big leagues by 20 runs. So, and they don't have Eloy Jimenez, their star left fielder or their star center right now. Both of them will hopefully be back by September. That's all I'm missing. They're playing great I, baseball right now. They why don't run they? The, yeah, yeah. Why don't they have Eloy Jimenez? Because he's because he's a he dumbass climbing up dumbass. balls and ripped his yeah. whole peck out. Yeah, yeah. No, What's telling me that this guy's going to stay healthy? He's going to do it again. He's going to come back in September, catch a ball in the outfield, do a backflip, and tear his ACL or something. That's no, just because that no, the screws are that piece of his head. They are. They, and I guess I would say they DH him, but now they got the Yerminator. So it's like, what yeah. are you going to do? But he's in. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I, I like both your takes, but I do want to say right now when we look back in October. I'm saying right now that I tr Sox are World Series contenders, and I could be wrong. I've been wrong many times, but I'm – you know what? No, I'm not wrong. They will be. They will be, and I'm very confident about it. They'll them. make the playoffs. So that's we have that. We have here. that. Okay. All right. So we're, we're going to move on. Okay, football is our next of the big leagues. You you want to go back-to-back -back with your takes now, or what sure. are we thinking? Yeah. yeah. And listen, I have all – I'll be transparent about this. This is a piping hot take. This is uh, if you if the odds makers in Vegas had to put a number on this take of happening, it's probably around plus eight hundred. So just a huge underdog. I mean, it's got to be something to do with Rogers, right? It's got to. No, listen, that's a that's a sore subject. Uh, I don't want to go okay. there, right? Okay. But okay. listen, I'm predicting that this year. They've been dominant the last few years and ran the division outside of maybe one year. I do not think that Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks make the NFL playoffs. I think that this year, wow. the Cardinals are bringing in a load of talent, and they were already young last year, so they're going to develop more. They were about, I think they were a game above 500 last year, so you can expect them to be a little better. Added J.J. Watt and company. And the 49ers are going to get healthy again and probably return at least close to what they were the year they, were, they made the Super Bowl run, have just a filthy defense and a good enough offense that they put up enough points. And I can just see it be one of those years where, you know, Russell might be getting a little too relaxed, too complacent with where he's at. And before he knows it, he's in the hole early and it's just too late, too late to come back. So I would not be shocked if you see 
in a round 500 year from that Seahawks team and they don't make the playoffs. Again, piping hot take. The, the odds are not in its favor, but just throwing it out there. But, but it's like historically, I've been a huge Russell guy. You know that. You know yeah. that I got a lot of shit for it, but I've been a huge article, Russell guy. Right? That was my one of them. I, Gave you, yeah, right? I think that was my first or my second article. That and I argued this would have been maybe two years ago that he was a top three quarterback in the league. Everyone just ended my life over that. I still believe I looking back, he has been great the last couple of years. But but their defense is getting old. There were obviously all the rumors in the offseason about Russell being wanting to be traded to the Bears, wherever. There were a lot of rumors. And that could cause some tension. That could cause some confliction. And the the team, I feel like they kind of they weren't they did not finish the season strong. No. I they could be a candidate to be one of those teams like Russell halfway through the year, tensions grow, he wants out, or something yeah. like that's happening. I don't and once again, that's a good hot take. Like that's a it's hot and it's absurd, but like there's also the small chance of it happening. But it's not so not, not bad. Just, it's not illogical right there's no, there's some base behind so it's I not mean, illogical like my next take for the football is probably gonna be <laughs> um and and, and i'm, I'm gonna be honest about this i'm gonna be honest this is my by far my most homer heavy <laughs> take and i and this is also something you could have possibly predicted out of me this one's a little bit predictable I'm just going to go ahead and say it right now. I don't know what's going to happen. Some things would have to go right. Everything would have to go right. I think, honestly, one major thing would have to go right. One major thing. I think the Bears are going to win the NFC North next year. I God. think they're going to do it. I Tell me if the, if the Packers, sorry, sore subject, if Aaron Rodgers leaves the Packers, Packers are done. Packers are done. They have Blake Bortles and Jordan Love is their quarterback. Unless Jordan Love is the next savior, Messiah. Who else? The the Lions are rebuilding. They're going to suck. They always suck. And then the Vikings always suck. The Bears beat the Vikings Listen to me. and Lions with Mitch Trubisky. And Mitch Trubisky sucks. You, you so, want to talk You want to talk a bad quarterback situation coming at my Packers like that. Right now, your starter is Andy Dalton. You think Andy Dalton's winning a division. Be- the average quarterback, the perception of an average quarterback, below not, average. not below average, not above average, just the perfect average quarterback. And Andy Dalton may not even start. We may have Justin Fields, who who was the second best quarterback in the draft, for some reason fell to 11 for God knows why. Don't get me started on that. But he was the second best quarterback prospect in the draft. And he's going to be a stud. He better be. Because I, you know what, I put a lot of stock in Mitch back in the day. And I looked like a fool. He made me look like a fool. He made me look like an idiot. And you and everyone else on the team, rightfully so, just crucified me over that. But that's besides the point. I need Fields, for the first time in however many years the Bears have existed, I need him to be the first good quarterback. Hey, listen, it's very, to me, it's very unfortunate that Fields went to the Bears because, you know, (laughs) Being a guy that, that kind of roots for Ohio State, I always enjoyed watching Fields play. And, and 
the fact that he had to go to that franchise that is just notoriously known <laughs> for ruining quarterbacks. I mean, the poor guy. He he could have had a great career somewhere else, but he went he to will one have a quarterback he doomed will have franchise. A oh, he will have quarterback a quarterback doomed franchise. And listen, I'll be honest, Barzy. I get that you're saying this to a Packers fan, so there's some animosity there. I think that is just the coldest take of all time. That is nice. No. Aaron Rodgers is going to Denver. He's going to Denver. Suck it up. It's happening. Get used to it. He's listen, leaving you. He's I, leaving I'm, you. He doesn't no, care about he's you. not leaving me because, listen, I, my plans after school are to move to Denver, so I'd be fine watching Rodgers play oh, on the Broncos. You. And you. listen, he's he's in his upper 30s. The time was coming anyways. Of course, I'd love to see him back on the Packers. And if you actually wanted my guess right now, I think he will be playing in a Packers uniform to start the year. And some of the more recent reportings would point to that as well. But if it is Blake Bortles or Jordan Love, they've still got weapons upon weapons on offense. And their defense has continued to improve each year. They still win the division, I think. And the only way they don't is, and I hate to say this, this pain me, pains me almost as much as saying it about the Bears, but what's stopping the Vikings at that point if they're fully healthy? Vikings suck. The Vikings suck. Yeah, Kirk I would Cousins like to say sucks. the Vikings suck as well, they but if you've suck. got a situation where Andy Dalton's leading the Bears and then you got Blake Bortles leading the Packers, a fully healthy Vikings team who... Hate them or love them, I hate them. They their weapons on offense are just everywhere. You've got Thielen, Jefferson, Dalvin Cook. Arguably, he is a top three running back in the league. And if their defense can improve a little bit, there's not a lot stopping them from running that. But why weren't they good last year? Why weren't they were pretty healthy last year? Why weren't they good? They just don't have it. They don't have the no, it I, factor. They I got, agree they don't Bears have the Bears beat them twice with Mitch. Bears beat them twice with Mitch. What, they can do it again with Andy Dalton. Of all I, I agree Mitch can't throw a ball more than 10 yards downfield. <laughs> Listen, you're preaching to the choir here. I agree they don't have the it factor. But in a division where they're not running into buzzsaws week upon week, they showed streaks last year. They beat. They were one of the teams that beat the Packers once, who finished the year with only three losses. And they were one of those three. They showed streaks of being really good, a good team. And like I said before, they have the weapons too. So if they put it together in a year where the Packers and Bears are not up to what they have been, I hope not. I hope not. I hope my Packers run the division as they have for the last 400 years. But you never know. And I, we could go on forever, truly, about Bears, Packers, NFC North. We'll leave it at that. I think you guys know, the listeners know where we are, our allegiances lie at this point. So we have one final take, and this one is kind of like a wild card. We yeah. we said you can go wherever you want with this one. And honestly, mine's more so of a prediction. It could be a hot take. I don't think it's going to truly ruffle any feathers, but I think it could get a good discussion going. Um, do you want to go first or you want me to go first? Go ahead. Okay, so mine is basically, I'd say it covers all sports, kind of a prediction across all sports. So I'd say the current, or honestly, we're getting towards the end of 
the huge wave that has swept sports over the last five to 10 years is the advancements in analytics technology, the ability to use numbers and data to crunch whatever scenarios and predict things and outcomes. Um, the numbers have made a huge jump and it's changed how all sports have been played, um, how they've been attacked, how offenses have been set up. Baseball obviously has been altered significantly by analytics. Basketball has too. Look at the three-point shot. Basketball has been completely changed by analytics and even football. So analytics have advanced and changed sports astronomically in the last 10 years. I think the next huge wave related to sports technology will have to do with the health department. Basically, the predictions of injuries being able to determine, and I don't know how this is going to happen, but I feel like injuries have been something that haven't been tackled in so long. Like they've always been the same. No one, yes, obviously rehab and prevention and stuff like that has come so far. But I think at a certain point, people are going to be able to start predicting maybe, and obviously freak injuries happen, but predicting stuff like, being able to scan someone and say, okay, they have a faulty hamstring or their hamstring isn't as strong, maybe. And then they set up a training regimen. Okay, maybe you don't do this every day or you do this or take it easy on that. And now you start to, you, you say the, the word right now is guys who are injury prone. You yeah. start to limit that because you think if you're going to be dishing out these $400 million contracts, to these baseball players or huge contracts in other sports, you want to know what you're getting in all facets. So you want to be able to know, is this someone who is injury prone? I guess that's the best way of putting it right now. Or if there's someone who's going to be durable. So right now, I think that eventually technology is going to be able to find ways to monitor these athletes and find out what their strength, their strong points, their weak points are. And from there, they'll be able to shape programs to basically prevent any kinds of hamstring pulls or even UCL or any kind of muscular imbalances. Um, I think that's going to at some point in all sports take over. I don't know when, but because think about it, injuries have just not really evolved when predicting them over the last however many years. There just haven't been that many advancements. So we'll see. We'll see. Listen. Your last take was just asinine BS that was horrible, and you're about to get a really bad rating. That take, that take, I love. I'm a big fan of that take. And I'll give you one example of an area where they actually have, and it is proved to work, mm-hmm. and that is concussions. Yeah. In the NFL. Perfect. Perfect. So they yep. have. NFL and then uh, combat sports, boxing, mixed martial arts, they have started dumping a lot of money into the research of concussions, A, because it makes them look better and looks like they're being proactive towards the issue, and B, because it is a serious issue. And, you know, you've seen, like, the unfortunate events of uh, people suffering so much brain damage during their playing careers that only 10 years after they're starting to run into effects. I mean... You look at like the Aaron Hernandez situation. They yeah. said CTE was CTE. Yeah. You know he was in his twenties when he started uh, facing some of the repercussions of it. So I think that that's a good take, and I don't think we're far off from that. Um, 
because teams would want to know that if there was a way for technology to deliver, like you said, hey, they're, you know, maybe they, their ACL or the way they walk or stand makes their ACL more prone yeah. to injury or their hamstring um, on this side is not quite as strong and they're going to have problems landing, whatever it may be. I think that that's very achievable and able to, to be looked into and studied. And if the information was there, teams would be all over that, I'm pretty sure. And maybe I should stop talking and maybe we should look into this and make some, some damn money. Seriously. I mean, yeah, maybe. Come on. This is, this is the way, man. This is yeah, the way. You know what? Just cut this part out. We're going to edit this out. <laughs> um, but no, that's, I mean, that's a, a really good take, I think. And technology is only going to play more of a role as we move on. That's inevitable in everything, but sports included. Um, so, yeah, I could definitely see that. And like you said before, even with rehab and stuff, the technology is getting to a point where, it's helped out a lot and it's helped guys recover faster. You're starting to see like the emergence of stem cells and, and yeah. treatment with that now. And, you know, guys recovering from torn ACLs in five, six months using, you know, going down to Colombia or Brazil or something and getting <laughs> that, that type of treatment. Well, God I mean, knows. it's the truth because no, it, it is the it's, truth. It's more regulated here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a good take. I like that. All yeah, right. Thanks, man. My wild card take. Final take of the day. Let's I'm gonna it. be honest with you. It's a it's a big fanboy take. It you know, it, it's a it's a bit of a reach at this point based on what I've seen recently. But yeah, my take is that when the ball drops on New Year's of 2022, at that point. Conor McGregor will return to being the lightweight champion of the world. <laughs> so listen, he's you know he's coming off a loss. You couldn't, help, you couldn't help himself. You couldn't. I help couldn't yourself. help it. I mean, at some point it was coming in, and you knew that. But yeah. you know, coming off a loss to to Dustin Poirier, he looked good in the fight up until when his leg kind of gave out. I think he makes those adjustments. I think that outside of him. Poirier's the best in the division now that Khabib's gone. And I don't know if you saw this, but yesterday ESPN released the, the top 10 paid athletes. And he was number one. First, first MMA fighter ever to top that list. He was the number one paid athlete in the world, raking yep. in $180 million last year alone. You know, he seems to have hopefully found his motivation again. We'll see. It's, it's a bit of a wild card at this point. It's a little bit of hoping as well as somewhat of a prediction. But, yeah, my uh, my final fanboy take is he returns to, to king of the world there. So, Conor McGregor turns 33 years old this year. Yep. Do you think that could have – I mean, he's getting kind of old. He is. And fighters have definitely gone um, on to fight older at older ages than that. But have they fought at an elite, elite level? I say Conor McGregor just goes to WWE, where I think he'd be a perfect fit for the second half of his career. He could extend it, you know. No. He can do his promos, and I think that that's my Conor McGregor take. Listen, five a, he's he's not WWE. going to the WWE because you're forgetting yeah. Conor McGregor fights at 155 pounds, and most of those guys are 280 pound steroid heads. So he'd look yeah. like Rey Mysterio in there, but <laughs> yeah. but listen. 
uh, I heard a, a commentator, Chael Sonnen, he used to be a fighter, he yeah. now commentates MMA, yeah. say the other day that there's a point that most fighters get sometime in their 30s where he calls it their their man strength, right? Like their dad strength. And, you know, there's not a lot of science behind this, but a lot of people do claim to experience this. They get a little bit older and they just have like a little extra strength and it's not from lifting more. It just sort of develops. And you saw that. So McGregor's been notoriously known for being kind of not the best wrestler. And that's sort of been his weakness. And that last fight with Poirier, when they clinched up, he was actually able to turn the tables a little bit and kind of just man out man strength him and turn him. And I think yeah. that that could actually be part of his game moving forward. So he's always been known as the striker with, you know, lightning quick hands, just puts guys to sleep. I think as he gets older and gets that quote unquote dad strength, that could start to become part of his game that many people don't see. And it's the same with all MMA fighters. The longer they're in the game, the better their skills get. Um, yes, there's the age factor where they might deteriorate. But as he becomes more well-rounded, that's a hard guy to beat. But I respect it. So that's where we're at with that take. Conor McGregor. What's a Conor McGregor fight that you just need to see over the next two years? Is there one that, like, you're just dying? Conor McGregor, Jake Paul? <laughs> <laughs> I, I listen this is i'm gonna say this in the nicest way possible i hope whoever jake paul lines up with next just cleans his clock so good that he never steps in again that guy yeah. is a nuisance and I, you know i don't know if you saw the whole floyd mayweather and and logan paul thing. Oh, grab um, his hat <laughs> grab his hat and untie his shoe while on the stage and I was listening to uh, Brendan Schaub, former MMA fighter, who's actually really good friends with the Paul brothers. So this yeah. is coming from a close friend of theirs. He said that that was quite possibly the most idiotic move on Jake's part because you're not you're not messing around with another YouTuber here. This guy came from you know a hard fighting background. People forget that he's worth hundreds of millions now, but he wasn't always like that. And if you've seen his security guards. It's eight of just about the biggest dudes you could possibly find on planet Earth. And, you know, he got rocked a little bit. But I would argue that based on the fact it was a huge event, and there was a lot of security. Jake Paul got off kind of easy because if that was a smaller venue, not as much security, he could have legitimately been hurt pretty bad by those guys. And, you know, he's like they say, the quote is you don't play fighting. Right. And that's. That's the danger he's starting to run into there, grabbing hats and untying shoes, because that's one of like the, the unwritten rules of fighting is during those press conferences and stuff like that, you're supposed to, for the most part, stay pretty hands off. You'll see some people during stare downs, like do something, but yeah, yeah. It, it's not during those actual interactions where they're just talking back and forth. You stay hands off. And well, I think that those the Paul brothers hopefully don't bite off more they can chew. I actually don't mind Logan, to be honest with you. I really I'm, don't. No, mind. I'm right. I'm right there with him. I like they're both douchebags, but I don't mind Logan that much. I really yeah. don't. Logan did something stupid that hurt his reputation, and you know it is what it is. But I think he's been a pretty good personality to follow since. Jake, on the other hand, yeah, I won't even get into that. But <laughs> I think what we it could, is. I think we could legitimately go a whole episode talking about 
the Paul brothers and just social media stars. Cause we kind of already did an episode on that, yeah. but it, we were a little bit more general about it, but, so, um, yeah. yeah and it, it's I, I completely forgot to answer your question. Sorry about that. Dream matchup. I would want to see, honestly, the lightweight division is a little dicey right now. Cause there's not the champion Khabib left. If Khabib was still there, I would say the rematch of that. Yeah. Uh, because Connor's been claiming for a while that he, him and his team has solved that puzzle and that he would get it back if they got to go again. Yeah. We'll see. But um, right now, I would, I would like to see Fourier's up there. Um, I think a very fun fight, which is a huge disadvantage to Connor because of his size, but he's talked about moving up to 170 and facing uh, Jorge Masvidal. So Masvidal just lost in the championship to Usman. They're both, those are the two biggest cash cows in the UFC, Masvidal and, and McGregor. So I think that whole event and lead up would be just massive. Again, Masvidal is a good amount bigger than McGregor, but it'd be fun, especially, you know, they both have to make 170. So yeah. it'd be fun to see. Barzi, we're at that time. And just let, let me. Rip. Let me just say, on my notes. Oh, not, okay, not yeah, Go, yeah. Not typing yeah. right now. This is what I had before the episode started. Okay. And I don't know if you can. Oh, let me hold that closer. This says, Barzi will have a horrible Chicago sports <laughs> day. And what do you know? He I couldn't the help Bears myself. Gonna win the I division. couldn't help myself. It, we have it on one. May 13th right now. We have it in speech. And we'll yep. look back. Look back in about eight months, all right? We'll look back. And you, you won't be calling me so foolish then, will you? Hey, you won't listen, be calling me All so I foolish. was saying was, before this episode started, I would be willing to put $100 on that prediction coming through. And what do you know? You lived up to the hype bars. You threw out just a piss-poor Chicago pre- sports take. Unpredictable. Yeah. And because what's my what's my rating because of that? Just yeah, let uh, it you know, fly. Let's draw it out. You finished off. Draw it out. Let's just yeah. You finished off the episode with a great take there. I like that. It's it's new. It's innovative. It brings something to the episode. You would have been sitting in high eight, low nine range, but because of that, just garbage, <laughs> garbage take today. I'm gonna give you mm, six one, six one today. No, and that's fine. I'm not a people pleaser. I'm not saying my takes just for a high party rating. All right, okay. I'm yeah. saying my takes because I it's what I believe in my heart. So just just take that, take that into account. You know what? And I'm gonna take that into more account as we go on with these episodes. I'm not doing this to please you. All right, I'm doing this to just to please myself. That's what it comes down to. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, folks, that wraps up this episode. Stay tuned. We have got a guest coming next week. Um, if everything goes according to plan, it'll be, trick. Yes. it'll be a great episode. Um, it's been a while since we have a get, we had a guest, so we're excited for this. This episode will be available on all of your normal platforms. Of course, sponsored by Celsius. Stay tuned. Peace out, everyone. Remember to smile. 